0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Led by Life. We're your hosts, I'm Rafaela, and this is Hannah. And we are two manifestors in human design. We both have manifestor energy, and that's actually how we met. And when we met, we instantly connected, having such a fascination for human design, the gene keys, these different experiences of life. And we decided that we wanted to just go for it and have a conversation around a lot of the things that come up for us when exploring both human design and the Gene Keys and just life, honestly, a space to kind of get pretty deep down into what's going on. So here we are. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah.
1: It's it's funny, like thinking back to when we met only just six, seven months ago. Like it really wasn't that long ago. Mm -hmm. And like where we are now and this is, yeah, it's been really exciting to create this. And um, I was just thinking as you were sharing that intro that like human design, there are so many layers There are so many layers to human design and I'm just learning, yeah, constantly learning new things and constantly discovering different aspects of myself and my chart and so even with this kind of structure that we're going through, looking at the gene keys and exploring each energy, there's so many different things that are happening in our own experiences as well and that's what we were talking about before we started recording that we don't even know where to start sometimes with these episodes Mm -hmm. because sure reading through the chapters brings up different things for us but then there's also all these other things happening in our lives and so we're just gonna see what comes out out today see what comes up for us
0: you know, kind of like when we met, there was this, um feeling, and it was also pointed out to us that in some ways, like you and I are in this exchange of energy, and how at some points, if you look at the body graph, this will make sense to you, where there's colored in lines, one of us has that or one of us doesn't, and sometimes, we make up like a channel in a particular um, section. And we, for today, let let me say that we're gonna kind of go in and out of um, the fourth jinky, the fourth K in human design. And I was looking over how this is in the collective logic circuit. And so we don't necessarily make up what's the 63, 64, sorry, 63 in the fourth gate. So it's connecting the, the head center to the Ajna center. We don't have that is what I'm trying to say, but no. we do have another, we do have another part, um, which is, I believe like the 49 16 40,
1: 47 64. Or are you thinking of a different one? I'm thinking
0: about the enthusiasm in the well. Oh, yeah, we've got that one. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I that's think in, and
1: you've got the is it 49? Is it? I think it's the 49. Yeah, and then we also make up another channel, which is the hang on, I'm just going to pull up my chart so I can see this. Okay, so the 16. Oh, do you have the 48? Yeah. So it's the 48, you... not
0: 49. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: 48. And then one other, so there's the 15.5, and next week we'll get into the fifth gate, which is exciting because that's your personality, fun mm-hmm. And I've got the 15, so that makes the channel. But then, Rafa, there's also the 11.56 that you have that I don't. And then I've got the 4764. So essentially, and we will have to, you'll have to look at a body graph for this to make (laughs) sense. But like we are creating, we are filling in the sacral, filling in the spleen, which neither of us have defined. So through our connections, it's creating that definition. But then we've also got every center um, from the G center
0: up. Yeah. That's really cool. And you know, so (laughs) this is why it's this is why it's cool for everyone who's listening. So in today specifically, with the fourth gate. A lot was sort of coming up for me because I do have definition in the 63rd gate. Yeah. But I have an open head center. Hannah has a defined head center. And so the way it was sort of laying down for me was that I started to kind of learn a lot more about the 63rd gate, which is also part of like my incarnation cross through.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Through. Through the the, fourth. Through the fourth. Hmm. And. This is where honestly, it's so funny because yeah, like now that we're in it, I'm like, wow, who knows where this conversation is gonna go? But I say that because like maybe just with your presence and your definition in the head sounder, there will be a way for me to like bring down, you know this, this um thought process or this experiences this experience that's coming to me. Of understanding Mm. how like specifically I can sort of really relate to the fourth but I don't necessarily have definition but like you were saying last week sometimes that's where a lot of our learning comes from
1: the openness yeah openness yeah and what really strikes me about your chart is that you have the three gates defined in the crown, in the head centre, but you don't have a defined crown because there's no channel connecting it to your defined Ajna, which is just so interesting to me because, and I, I'd love to hear like a human design expert or reader's perspective on this because surely in a way you would uh Surely in a way you would operate like you have a defined head center, right? But having all of the
0: gates defined.
1: Even so though it's there's no power connecting it.
0: It's interesting you say that because from my understanding, it's like you think I would, but without the without the definition there, while those frequencies may be consistent in my life, I can really benefit from the outside world hel- helping me with the inspiration. And that's mm-hmm. um, the only thing I'm remembering about that head center right now at the moment, but is this sort yeah, of- quality Like revelation. Of this, yeah. Yeah. Of, of that, which is very interesting because it sometimes is actually kind of hard for me to become inspired on my own. And that's where- it's, earlier today I was thinking you know I'm so excited to talk to Hannah because usually in my experiences with people when I'm like feeling a little bit off internally I get really inspired by the other person Mm -hmm. like I sort of it it draws me out of this like sometimes like self-pity in a way but it's interesting because in the fourth gate is, is nitpicking is Mm -hmm. one, is the um, the reactive frequency within the shadow, the shadow being
1: intolerance intolerance. Right. Yeah. 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 And perhaps we can get into the shadow now. Of the fourth gene key, but one more thing that came to me was the fourth gene key is in the Ajna center. Mm-hmm. So the, what do we call it? What's another word for the Ajna? Is it like the. The third eye. The like third, the third eye.
0: eye chakra.
1: Yeah. But it's all about mental processing and logic, isn't it? This kind of.
0: Yeah. Conceptualization, psychology. Conceptualized- opinions ideas yes
1: yes so interestingly we both have a defined ajna so we have this consistent energy that you know the fourth gate sits in (laughs) lies in the ajna uh yet we don't have definition for that particular gate so it's interesting because it's yeah and these are all just the nuances of human design I suppose and the different um
0: ways they can be expressed yeah so yeah let's kind of like s- spell it out how we normally do right so we're talking yeah. about the the fourth gate in human design G4 and at the shadow frequency it's intolerance and then at the gift it's understanding and at the city it's forgiveness so I what what do you think for you came up while reading it what were some things that stood out
1: i saw a lot of myself in the shadow frequency to be honest <laughs> which you know is sometimes hard to admit but um i definitely feel like i have a tendency to because really what the The shadow, what he talks about, the shadow frequency being is it's getting, it's using the mind, using logic in its improper way. So it's getting caught up in our opinions, our beliefs, I think. And basically, when it relates to like other people and human beings, it's finding a logical way to criticize or blame other people that's kind of how I read it and it's like he said something like you can always find a logical way to blame someone else for something like there's always going to be the mind will always come up with a reason or some kind of uh, way to criticize or to judge or to be intolerant of other people so uh, that's where you can kind of move into the gift of understanding when you start to use the mind for its proper use and it's not meant to be used to be kind of caught up in these beliefs and these thoughts and these opinions um that was sort of what I got from it but yeah I can definitely see how I do that I was doing it yesterday I was having not the best day I was feeling really tired that's something I've recognized is just how and I'd love to talk to you actually about the four transformations in human design at some point because I feel like there's something related to it which mm-hmm. is impacting like my sleep, my energy, my just overall well-being and performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yesterday I was feeling really tired because I had a really bad sleep the night before, and I was just getting really nitpicky and really like critical of other people it was almost like I wanted to blame other people for how I was feeling Uh, but then in kind of admitting to myself like oh no you're just feeling the way you're feeling because you're tired and also because I'm open emotional I'm very sensitive and perhaps not following my human design the way that you know would be more supportive to me like looking at things like my digestion and uh, how I uh, relate to my energy levels as a manifester and all these different things. But yeah, it's kind of in admitting to ourselves or just like being with how we're feeling instead of trying to project that onto other people where you can start to come to a place of being more understanding and less, I suppose, critical of others or Did that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, what I, what I too can relate to and something that they said was that the minds actually, what Richard Rudd says in the Gene Keys is that the minds actually used for communication, play, and one more, oh, research. Research. Yes. 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 Research, communication, and play. And um I bring that up because there's something very unique about, yeah, like what do we notice about ourselves when we're not using our energy in the most supportive way? And that's what I'm noticing because, so how this sort of relates to, you know, something we, I just mentioned about um, getting to realize a little bit more about the 63 is that, so in human design, the, the fourth gate, I believe is about like answering the questions to life. And, but if you don't, um, without the 63, you might not always have the questions. So you're constantly pr- pressing for the answers. I might have this backwards regardless. My point is to say that I've recognized in myself how my health has been impacted from utilizing this um this sort of energy of patterns and questions and answers like this way towards myself yeah and it this is sort of like a i sort of had like a revelation in reading this this um, this gift of understanding because it's not really meant for that. Like a lot of this energy, also in human design, is collective logic, which is meant for questioning the society and bringing us to places where we can create a better world. And I was like, you know, I wish it could be that simple though for me, and really what I, what I came to then think about was, well, it's nice to just sort of hear that I can like release that pressure a bit because the head center is this pressure. So if you think about it, like I have this undefined center where I could probably picking up all kinds of pressure that is not my own or incorrect pressure or whatever it may be from outside or from within, but I have this defined gate. So it's like I have this, but these two spots. I'm sorry, I'm so visual right now, as if I'm in the body graph, are not, um, are not defined. So there's a lot of learning that I have to kind of go through with that of recognizing that I don't have to answer all of life's questions um, regarding myself, and that this could be totally something that's used for, you know, creating a better society or in the service that I provide. And then it kind of led me very quickly to understanding what you were mentioning before we got on the on our um, meeting today was forgiveness being this essence that it can't be logical. It is sort of like what he says, it's like a miraculous happening. It sort of just embodies you. And while I don't know if I was there last night, what I did recognize is that this nitpicking that I've been doing towards myself is actually a perfect moment to recognize that I need to have more compassion for myself. And I then decided like, Oh, all right. Like, let me just bring in some loving awareness. And I did a loving kindness meditation and it really did lighten up a little bit. Um, And, you know, the other thing I'll say about the forgiveness piece and the way he speaks about it not being something logical, I find it, I wonder if that's why people oftentimes can't comprehend how certain people can forgive others for things that are uncomprehendable to our mind. And I think about this video I had once seen about, um, a man who forgave this other man who was in prison for killing his son. And that's this just I clearly understood it. it's like people can't understand that, but that man felt it within his body at some point to say, this is how I get to the, the truth, capital T truth.
1: Yeah. Mm. the way you said that it just hit me in a completely different way of, of understanding forgiveness because it just it is not logical because you can always find a logical reason to not forgive someone or to not forgive a behavior but that's not what forgiveness is about it's not about coming up with all the reasons why not to forgive someone it's to me it's freedom forgiveness is it's letting go it's Letting go of something that um, just has this grasp on us. And it's like
0: letting go of your intolerance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can think of a few examples of where I've come to a place of forgiveness for other people, for things that are logically unforgivable. But it's not, it doesn't do me any service by holding on to resentment and holding on to that intolerance. Um, it really sets you free. And going back to how I was feeling yesterday with these things that they're not even big things that were getting to me about other people, but in the realisation, I, and I actually did have a moment of realisation, like, this is all a gift. It's always a gift when we can recognise where we're creating our own suffering, where we're creating our own uh, discomfort or stories that make us feel a sense of discomfort because it's a beautiful thing to realise that there's, there's something here for me to learn. In And I heard the other day it was Jenna Zoe actually who said uh let there be nothing that I can't admit to myself and be okay with it Mm. about myself. It was something like, let there be nothing that I can't admit to myself about myself and not be okay with it. And it was realizing that, you know, I was having this story with a friend and I recognized that I was feeling resentful towards her because she has something that I feel like is lacking in my life. And that is like, um, this connection with her family that I, you know, she kind of on the outside has this like perfect looking family and that's not where I've come from. You know, my family's been, um, my family looks different and that's okay. But it was in me recognising that like, oh, that's where, where the pain is coming from. She hasn't done anything wrong, but I'm creating a story that she's done something wrong so that I can feel some kind of resentment towards her. But really it's coming from this just beautifully innocent place within my, perhaps it's in an inner child thing, perhaps it's just this feeling in me that like, oh, I want that. I wish I had that. And so it, in admitting to myself like, oh, it's just such a, it comes from such a pure place, but then it manifests in such a, it manifests in this shadow of, like, being resentful or intolerant or nitpicking at other people, but it's really just coming from this place of, oh,
0: I want that. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. You met yourself with the ability to have another understanding.
1: Yeah. Yeah, to understand, like, where it comes from within me. And that it's also not about me. Yeah. People are just reflecting back how we feel inside or things for us to look at.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was something you said in that where I sort of realized in like this constant need to like figure something out (laughs) the self-imposed pressure of like trying to find maybe it's just trying to find the logic in the ways again because keep in mind like I do have that 64 and it's a real so it's the I believe it's the gate of doubt and it's part of my incarnation cross so it's a big deal into like my life theme my life purpose for those of you who are familiar with um human design um and so I am just coming to to realize that like I don't I don't have to have all of the understanding or logic of the way things have played out. And then in that, it releases this like nitpicking, which I came to this realization of like attempting perfectionism. And I don't think I ever experienced it like that before until most recently, like literally last couple of days. And that I think that's why for a moment, it was almost so, I will say so easy to then go and practice this self-compassion because there was this deep understanding that I don't have to defend anything. Like I don't have to find another reason for why this makes sense in some way. It can just it 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 can just be what it is. And like I'm human and that's something that I deal with. And that that's okay.
1: Yeah, I feel like this kind of this thread of compassion and self-compassion and understanding and love that can be drawn from all of these different if we look and admit to ourselves all of these different shadow frequencies that we've explored together so far and I'm sure we'll see as we continue on but in realizing that this is just part of being human experiencing these things and there's nothing to be ashamed of and going back to that quote like can I let can I be okay with this part of me and can I admit to myself that this is how I'm feeling and what's coming up for me and it just makes me think of emotions because he talked about that I think that's a big part of um and I highlighted it here At a low frequency based on emotional reaction or overreaction, this shadow uses the power of distorted logic to support and uphold its volatile nature. So there's a lot here about emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Because human beings are governed by their emotions, the general emotional state of humanity is unstable and chaotic. It makes me
0: think that it seems that way if you look at it collectively because Mm -hmm. of our intolerance with our emotions and them not seeming logical to us. When emotions aren't logical, they just are.
1: And they're completely irrational and they come out of nowhere and they, (laughs) yeah, that's so true. And we are so, I think as a collective, we're so unable to be with our emotions and that's intolerance,
0: right? Mm, Yeah. Well, and something that I was thinking about as you were sharing was when we think about you know, the collective and society and this idea of forgiveness, really. I thought about you because when I was reading it, because of the, there's a part here that for me, when I think of it, especially actually at any point in in any of this and a lot of what you and I talk about and what we're both very interested is this idea of mindfulness. And I feel as if a lot of these experiences that we've talked about and that whether it be all of these different human emotions and energies and ways of being and um, sort of what we talked about a little bit last time, like the process of deconditioning and listening to your body it all requires a sense of presence. And when I thought of the the forgiveness piece, I, I really something about it, you know, again, I don't know if through mindfulness, can we um, embody what Rich Rod talks about when it comes to forgiveness of it being incomprehensible? Possibly. I. You know, I wonder if that's why even for myself, sometimes I don't really know how to understand the process of forgiveness. That's why I, for me, the only way that I can sort of embody this um, way of being is through Mm self-compassion. And I guess I just, yeah, I just wonder, um, there's really nothing to wonder about. That's really what I was just, it came to me as, this idea of mindfulness and just being present of how these things show up.
1: And when you say self-compassion in a way it is self-forgiveness as well. Mm-hmm. I think, I think they're all relate. I think they're related. And I mm-hmm. think I'm really glad you mentioned mindfulness and presence because that's been something that's been showing up in every thing I've been reading, everything I've been learning, every aspect of my life, (laughs) it all comes back to mindfulness and presence really being like, and and awareness because this is, it's all for me, I see it as all much of the same thing, being aware, being present, being mindful, being conscious, Mm -hmm. uh, it's being with what is, being with the current experience in this moment where our lives are happening. And I've noticed that in as a common thread as well.
0: Throughout, so the, throughout the, the few jinkies that we've kind of been exploring.
1: Yeah. And that just to me as a... A two five, <laughs> um, and as the I think it's the tenth gate is all about presence and being. I'm noticing that that's kind of like, in a way, a call for me to continue the work that I'm doing when it comes to mindfulness and and presence. And being. I'm I'm seeing that as kind of an invitation from life to continue to cultivate that for myself so that I can teach that for other people because I just think it's so important, this ability to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if that's something that um has is a connection also between you and I. Well, I know it is, because um you know, I came across mindfulness in my graduate program. Like I, well, some somewhere in college, but really came to um, study it even more in my graduate program. And with us having defined Ajna's, it's really healthy for us to have a mindfulness practice. Because, you know, what we could see is with those with an undefined um, Ajna, you know, the not self theme of that is um, continuing to like, think about things that don't matter. And I find that that's probably why for you, like, when you can almost sometimes feel it when you and I are discussing, I don't know, for me, it's like, we can come back to this really like, while it might sound easy to get to to be in this gift or how we can get to these lessons, I wonder if for us, we can sort of like express that because we have cultivated such a practice of of, of presence, of mindfulness, of being with each moment, whatever that calls for. Because essentially that is what mindfulness is. It's the the paying attention in a particular way without judgment to the present moment, and that's a quote from um, I can't remember his name. Kratzin. I can't remember, but he's John John Kabatzen. Yes, I believe so. I believe that yes. I think that's where I got it from. I couldn't remember his um, first name, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh the defined I mean it maybe it doesn't matter whether it's defined or not but the ajna is not designed to be used for thinking about the things that are not important and I think that it is exactly what was coming up for me yesterday and like recently every time I felt myself being in my not self and feeling out of alignment, I've been thinking about things that don't matter or that not I've been not focusing my attention, so not being present and focused on the things that are important or that would really be healthy for me to focus on. Like I'll just give you a really clear example, social media, I've been so... And it's not even, I I don't want to say addicted, but I've just been, I think, using it as a way to kind of escape focusing on what I want to be doing. I've been just picking up my phone and scrolling and looking at things, even though I know that doesn't support me. That's using my mind and feeding my mind with information that is not going to be helpful to me and not helping me to work on the things that I want to work on Mm -hmm. or contribute the things that I want to contribute. I know this, (laughs) Uh, but sometimes it's, sometimes you have to find yourself and recognize yourself in those unhealthy patterns in order to break them Mm -hmm. and be like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. And I think Mm -hmm. this is where I wanted to talk to you about the, uh, the four transformations so the digestion piece in particular because I've learnt that I've got a consecutive appetite is my digestion and it's really the simplest form of uh, digesting so it's like the most primitive I think it was hunter style digestion system <laughs> and so really what this means is that I'm designed to Meals, but then also this relates to information. So digesting, digesting things in a really simple way, not and the way I'm interpreting it is not feeding myself things that don't aren't aligned with me. So, feeding myself information, but then also like not doing too many things at once, just focusing on one thing at a time, which is really that relates back to mindfulness again, being present.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I'm seeing so many different correlations here. But,
0: mm-hmm. well, yeah. if and if you like related back to what you were saying, um, based on what you learned, it being like more of a primitive way of eating or taking in information. And if you think about like hunter gatherer times, well, well, I don't know what the mind was like at that time. Um, <laughs> there, it was more simple. There wasn't so much, um, maybe external information going inward to each person because, um, I mean, they didn't they didn't have TVs right? They didn't have social media and iPhones and, um, you know, maybe they didn't even have that many people around. So if I'm sitting there like washing garments or if I'm going to the crops or if I'm hunting, like that's what I'm doing. And it does have this very present in the moment, in the moment here and now sort of feeling and experience. So, um, What do you, like, what's about the four transformations, especially with digestion? I'll just say this, is that I really hope and, like, part of what I think, and I can't speak for you, but in our process of talking about these things, is to give others maybe something to think about for themselves, in hearing somebody else's experience, because I know for myself that when I started to learn about human design, I felt as if it was so helpful, and I did end up joining like a community of people who have specific, specifically, manifester energy, and um, the person who ran it has manifestor energy, and I found that so helpful to being able to kind of bounce back and forth of, all right, well, like. If we have this similarity, I'm I'm learning how it can show up for her, but then it gives me sort of a reference of like, oh well, then how does it show up for me? And in your explaining of like your digestion, that's immediately what came to me is I hope that in these conversations, it gives others, you know, an ability to sort of slow down and and gently inquire about what's coming up for them or how they go about something because it's not the same for everybody and also it requires some some presence some awareness too so my my digestion is high sound and I've taken that as like taking in information or eating in silence or sometimes even like with tv or music and it's so funny because growing up um at some point we went through this phase where we didn't really eat around the dinner table that often and I remember getting so upset about it but I think I was getting upset about it as I'm talking about it because it didn't seem logical to me anymore <laughs> I had this opinion and this judgment ar- around what this was gonna mean for us. And as I look back now and even sharing it with you and seeing how it ties in to human design, I actually feel really good sometimes when I take in a meal while watching some anything. Or sometimes I'll put the music on. Like my dad, um, they have a very unique, fun, um, playful, to me, it seems playful and just super relaxed um, ambiance in their house, specifically around the times they eat. Mm-hmm. They have music on, they have one of those recorders or something like that. Is that what it's called? A recorder? Like a speaker or? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, they have music on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll just notice, like, I'll even do like a little dance when I, when I eat and it just, it'll feel good. But I, so when I take an in information though, I notice that um, it has to be like music with no words or it has to be completely silent. I take it in best that way.
1: Which is interesting. Cause that's similar to me, even though it's the different, like it's simple, it's simple. It's mm-hmm. not, overstimulating your mind Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah yeah and I wonder I've thought this a bit like these okay so a few things here like my my intention as well with this podcast is to inspire other people to get to know themselves on a deeper level because I just think that that's such a beautiful thing and that really is to me, the conduit to loving ourselves is getting to know ourselves and understand ourselves and be okay with all these different parts of ourselves, have that self-compassion and acceptance. I feel like that is what then helps us to love ourselves. And I guess that's a big part of my incarnation cross as the vessel of love. And the other thing that I was thinking, so there's a couple of things here, is that these systems like human design are so helpful because there's so many different things that they can show us and point us to about ourselves. But I've also wondered that in the absence of programming and conditioning, would we just naturally operate as out fullest expression of ourselves or our truest expression of ourselves because we're not and I know that's almost something that we can't even we can't ever know that because of course we're always going to be conditioned by other people or society or the outside world but if we were to remove everything outside of us all the distractions all the messages if we were to just completely be with ourselves and maybe this is something we can find in a meditation or in a practice where we come back to ourselves would wouldn't we just know how we're meant to operate we don't need human design to tell us we don't need the gene keys or astrology or whatever it is to tell us who we are because we just know oh
0: man you know I get so excited because I like something in me just is like, but in a way, even with the programming, we do have the that that uh, ab- uh, that ability. Sorry, got tongue tied. Um, because the first thing that I came up to is this idea of being like pure conscious awareness. So, in in a state like you don't even have to remove. I don't know if you have to remove the programming or the conditioning because if we, and I'm thinking of one book in particular, The Untethered Soul.
1: I love that book.
0: Yeah. It's taken me a while to sort of really get through it, but I've um, been reading more of it recently. And, you know, if we can be this observer of our experience and connects with what is our awareness, which we do a lot through meditations, then I feel like you do start to meet the part of yourself that is like at this soul level, just love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nothing more. Just love. And this is where, and I don't know if this is sort of like what you're smiling about, but so Hannah is the vessel of love. Um, that's her incarnation cross and my incarnation cross is the right angle cross of consciousness and so I feel as if in a way like you get my language because love and consciousness can they be one and the same and we've talked about this before yeah. and so um I just yeah I feel like you you get what I'm speaking
1: <laughs> yeah and I feel like that's what The acidic states are all about like the highest expression of these energies it all comes back to love it all comes back to unity to consciousness to forgiveness to like they all relate I I can feel them (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you can't always put it into words which again is is what he so often says with the cities it's like you can't we our minds can't understand them we can't articulate them it's just this frequency that, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes not everything needs words. No. Mm-mm. And the other thing,
1: while as we were talking about like deconditioning or removing conditioning or coming back to ourselves, I think of my husband, my partner, Alex, he's also a manifester. and we've had a lot of conversations about this because he is just so good at relaxing and so good at like he really does I think embody the manifesto energy in such a like sure there's I mean for all of us sure there's different things that we all need to decondition or we could all strengthen within ourselves and live more in alignment with how we are designed but when it comes to like the conditioning around the sacral energy of having to work all the time and it just doesn't I just don't see it in him and I think that that's something that's you know I think he was parented in a way that didn't over emphasize this uh messaging to achieve and that success looks like always working and do you know what I'm saying here And whereas for me, on the other hand, I've had to do a lot of deconditioning and I still do. And I think also that's part of why I was not feeling the best yesterday was because I was so tired that I wasn't able to do much. I really had to rest. And I still have this in the back of my mind. I still have this messaging or this belief that if I'm not exerting myself or if I'm not uh creating things or if I'm not if there's not these like outcomes or these mm-hmm. uh things that I can say, look this is what I did today, I don't feel good about myself and that's that's conditioning really mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I think it's just just another thing to say that like even if we have the same energy, Type as someone else, mm-hmm. it can manifest in so many different ways, depending on what, how we were raised, the conditioning we have, um the beliefs that we have. Mm-hmm. But if I was to sit down and meditate, I probably realize that no, you're you're actually good. You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're right where you need to be. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I'll yeah. say that, like for those of you who are listening, like. It doesn't mean, and this is for me, and so tell me if you feel this way, Hannah, but like, it doesn't mean that we're always sitting there and like, we're not not thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And I just want to emphasize that because I feel as if a lot of people hear this idea of meditation and they have all their opinions or thoughts on how it, how it is. And it can, it can be really so simple as back to my definition, just having a non-judgmental approach to whatever it is right in front of you in that exact moment. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, elaborate, like I'm sitting down and like zetting out for an hour or whatever. It can be, you know, absolutely. But for anybody who is sort of maybe interested in meditation, hasn't ever done it before, oftentimes what I say is start by just making like a a small little moment in your day where you can just be aware of what you're doing. Even if that means that you're talking through what it is you're doing, that's, that's mindfulness right there. Like, Oh, okay. I'm just right now I'm brushing my teeth. And how does this toothbrush feel? What does this toothpaste taste like? And you know, how do my teeth feel? It's just bringing your attention back to the exact moment of what is happening right then and there um and I just find that to be so helpful especially for people who don't have like a regular meditative practice or mindfulness practice and um maybe are a little bit resistant to it just start with like you're folding your laundry okay I'm folding my laundry right now putting this shirt away and what's the color of it or how does it smell and I say that because that's you know that's honestly the way I learned and it was it was so helpful in the beginning um, to kind of like throw away this idea that this is what it had to look like at first. Now it's, it looks all different kinds of ways for me. Um, but that's just something I would like to share for anybody who feels like, oh, I can't do that.
1: You can. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have a whole conversation on mindfulness and meditation, but I've started to see uh, because this is what I do, you know, teaching, uh, I've started to see this idea of mindfulness being like a meditation that we take out into our daily lives because when we're meditating, we're just bringing awareness to whatever's present. So it's the same practice as mindfulness. It's just in a more structured way, taking time to, to meditate, taking time out of your day to sit and meditate. But when we are being mindful, we're taking those that practice out into whatever experience we're having. And any moment is the moment that we can practice being present.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I love what you said, and I'm so glad you said it about it's not It's not about having no thoughts and this relates so much to meditation and mindfulness because the goal isn't to have no thoughts, it's to observe the thoughts and this is, I think, what the Ajna is really all about. It's meant to be a processing tool, a learning tool, but it's about noticing what thoughts and I mean I'm just trying to think <laughs> while I'm saying this but noticing the the thoughts observing the thoughts but not trying to have no thoughts mm-hmm. and this is something where I've been able to find so much more love and compassion for myself is knowing that that's just a part of how I operate I mean I've seen this as well in my relationship with Alex because he has a completely open ajna and I mean I'm and- not about anything but for, I can't turn it off. I'm always thinking, but it's not a bad thing. If I'm getting caught up in the wrong thoughts, if I'm getting caught up in thoughts that don't serve me and that are unhelpful and I'm judging other people or I'm being nitpicky or intolerant of other people, then I'm not using my mind in the way that it's meant to be used but I can't turn the thoughts off. They're always there. And so learning about this part of myself through human design has helped me to accept that that's just the way I am. But now I'm recognizing just how important it is for me to just be focusing on the things that I want to be focusing on. Let go of the rest. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It brings us full circle as far as like, What part of the fourth frequency is here to show us is that you know our our minds are not meant to be running the show Hmm. so it's fun this was fun yeah it's always fun it's you know (laughs) and and I see where we were right before we started and then um just how you were like well let's let's just have a go and you know and it's it brings it back to like this is really just what our intention was and yeah what it means to not have to have it all planned out so thank you for like reflecting that back to me today because here it led to what I think was a very beautiful conversation yeah and not having to be perfect Mm -hmm yeah, yeah. Ooh, cool thank you <laughs> thank you All I feel right. like I talk so much <laughs> like... <laughs> well it, you stuff. know for you and I with this um defined center when we get together I mean we just communicate it's just cool <laughs> mm-hmm. yes
1: Well, thank you. Thank you, Rafa. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. It's always such a joy and a pleasure. And we just love this stuff, don't we? I just love this stuff. I love learning and talking and thinking about things in a different way and
0: sharing, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. We'll see everyone next time. See you next time. Bye.